Welcome to another bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home, another portfolio profile episode featuring one of our investments from the original Ride Home Fund, although you'll hear that there's some AI tied up in this as well. Today, we are going to talk about Momoto. We are talking to Momoto's founder, Chris Bondi. Hi, Chris. Hello, Brian. I actually know Chris a little bit because the last time I was in San Francisco, uh, we met up for coffee and she almost came to my comedy show, but she she went to another uh, comedy show that if I remember that night, you had already booked I believe it I found I found out the last minute about yours. I would right. have must definitely chose you over whatever else it was. It was fun. I don't know if they ever posted that online, but anyway. Um, okay, Chris, Momoto. It's uh, to find out more about it as we're talking. It's Momoto.ai, M-I-M-O-T-O.ai. Um, tell me what Momoto does, and um, we're going to get into some of the weeds here of why I think if you're a listener to the show, you've heard so many stories recently, you'll get immediately why I was excited to invest in this company. Great. Well, so what Momoto does is that we match a AI generated verified profile with a specific person, which enables us then to understand what is happening within an organization. Um, so what that means, or what that can mean are um, things like account takeovers, to know is it really that person who you expect it to be, as well as are people sharing credentials, which as you can imagine, account takeover kind of sounds similar to that. Um, as well as if you have a group account or root access, who specifically is the person doing that? As well as if there were data extraction, you know, is that data, is it, is it happening? And then is it the right person doing that? So it's really understanding for all the technical things that I'm sure you'll ask me about. Um, the core difference is a fact that we, uh, we don't look at a credential as being a person a person is a person. And so once you end up with that starting point, you look at everything differently. And so that is, um, that's what we do. And that's, uh, it's, yep, that's what we do. Let me, before we, <laughs> uh, before we get deeper in the weeds in terms of technically how this works, um, can you tell me the, the founding story, uh, where this idea came from, you know, the background of the team, like how you got here? Yeah. And it, actually that, works very, very much into why, why we have that focus. So um, my, I have two technical co-founders and uh, one of them, Doug Coburn had, we, this is our third time working together. And so Doug many years ago had experiences where he would be brought into a company to help them with their, uh, whatever technology he was helping them with at the time. And they would put in their credentials and walk away. So he at one point came into a large healthcare provider and somebody put in their credentials, walked away. He had access to 40,000 servers, 200,000 mm. endpoints, jumped forward a few years, which in retrospect is not that long ago. He lived in Europe at the time, came into an international bank, same thing, somebody put in their credentials, walked away. He had access to all the ATMs, Java-based, not version control. Mm. And that thing of, what is the, you know, who's behind the credential? And so he contacted me three years ago and said, there's this problem I've been looking at forever. And we finally got to the point technology wise that we can address it. And what I look at it 
and see, was there something there, a market there? And when I looked at it, there was definitely what he had thought, but it was so much bigger than that. And then our other technical founder, David, was the, uh, David ended up being the the perfect match of that because Doug is the ultimate, uh, the ultimate problem solver. And David is somebody who has, you know, not only does he have this background in data sets and, and software development, but he's either been in software companies or startup companies where he has been creating net new product or been in banks where he's been brought into, uh, been part of a team that is creating the next generation of something. So you have this like, I'm a problem solver. I will create that that thing to fix anything. And the person was like, I will create the product. And then you have me. <laughs> and, and and your your background as well? Oh, and my background is that in a prior life, I uh, used to come into companies to get them to a um, realize their vision. So a lot of uh, so there were seven acquisitions, two IPI, uh, two IPO filings, but a lot of that had to do with the like, what is that technology and what is the business? What is the business that that technology will actually help? So um, I'm best known for serverless becoming a, a category. And the thing, though, that is particularly interesting for what we're doing is the fact that five years ago, I was in an Israeli company where we were creating digital doubles that were predicting what people would do offline. So the fact that five years ago I was sitting on panels about the future of AI, I never thought five years in my future, I would be like, okay, what is the you know next, next, next generation of that? But um, it is, I would argue, only because it's you know it's the way I look at it is that that combination of you know the person who's looking at the business and and where things are going beyond the horizon, and then the um, both problem and scaling. Like, I can't say that it is the perfect uh, founding team for everyone. I would say it's definitely the perfect founding team for us, in part because the thing I forgot to say about my co founders is that they're wonderful human beings. So, like, pretty damn cool that I get to work with smart people who are also really nice. That, that helps, certainly. <laughs> but uh, so, to come back to the product, um, I mentioned that, and we have mentioned that there is AI in this. The the investment we originally made was before the AI fund existed. Otherwise, um, uh, the AI fund might have taken a look at it. But so essentially what you guys do is you use machine learning to, as you say, generate a profile of a specific person. And it's based on like biometrics that you couldn't get before, like literally like um, no, okay. actually, um, actually, it's not biometrics you couldn't get before. People have tried to do this long ago. What you couldn't do before, so so there's there's two things. One is there's the stuff we're doing net new that is different and where our patents are around. But there's also stuff where it's novel use of technology that's been used other places. So using, um, so to answer your the, what you were starting to say that I interrupted um, was that it wasn't that you couldn't um, you couldn't look at typing styles. It's that um, they were everything was trying to be done in house, and mm. so when you were doing that on prem, too much CPU didn't scale. It, so cloud based ML frameworks are a massive part of why we can do what we do, mm. as well as um, when you look at things that 
have a part of typing style. Right now, it's and and where most things are that are identity related is it's all in getting in the door, as opposed to, you know, the the unique experience of Doug of being like he was already in there, so he could you know that's why those you know the things like account takeovers if they're coming in through a supply chain issue, they're bypassing authentication, mm. and so like that that idea of understanding exactly where the problem is and then putting additional inputs in it so that it's not just biometric related is the thing that ended up being um quite different but the the granularity of this because i think this is key is that like like you said you're creating a profile of a specific person so even if that person gets compromised by social engineering or something like that your system can say, we know that this is not Chris because Chris types on the keyboard and puts more pressure on the keys or always puts her left pinky constantly capping on and off. And and whoever's typing right now under Chris's credentials is not doing that. So it's this we're we're using the key the keyboard and typing as an example, but it's that level of even if someone has been compromised, you can in real time identify, there's no, maybe they got the two-factor authentication right, but your system right. can say, we still don't think that's Chris. Right, well, and, and two-factor authentication, just to be clear, is um, it is, uh, it's not verifying a person, it's verifying a device. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you gave the example of the um, the pinky capping on and off. And it's not that, like, if we back that up, what we're seeing in our system, because we're not looking at the raw keystrokes, what we're seeing is that whether we can tell it's a left pinky or not, it, it is the thing of we're seeing this thing that's happening every time if it's Chris. Now, we can equate it with it's my left pinky, but it's this thing that's happening. This thing isn't happening anymore. But we're also, because it's not just the biometric part, it also is a thing like, so of my two technical co-founders, David has a computer science degree. Doug was self-taught when he was very young. There are command lines that he does that if somebody Mm. was taught, wouldn't be the same. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it's not just my style, but it's things like you had Doug in there and it'd be like, oh, well, he would be in it. He would be a super admin. But the point is that it would be like, oh, these command lines are not things this person would have ever has ever done in the past. Which is why, as you said, you can identify who's right. sharing credentials because, well, wait a minute, there's no way that Chris would have entered those command lines. Or if, again, if it's a group, a group account or something like that, and you're like, well, wait, who did the code that wrecked everything? Um, <laughs> because there's eight people that could have been, you can identify who of those eight people is likely the one that was in that session. Yes. Yeah. And actually, that's one of the things that I um, I think is really exciting. You know, it's the, um, you know, is it, I'm expecting it to be Chris. Is it Chris? Yes or no? I mean, that's important, particularly in a count takeover, but that is, um, you know, that's fairly easy. Um, I mean, for us, it's fairly easy. It is more of the thing of, um, it's a group admin account that was taken over. Um, or it's just a group admin account, somebody internal. And, you know, was that was that Brian or Chris? Or you and I are on a group admin account and it's Brian and Chris, but like Jeff, who is not part of it, is using that group admin account. And so that understanding that is um, hard work. 
But like, again, I work with really smart people. So one of the keys to this also is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I might be overselling here, but <laughs> you can identify this in real time. Like this isn't something where you find out a day later, like literally the no. Momoto system can alert you and say, hey, we think right now someone is in the system that shouldn't be in this particular system. Exactly. Exactly. And that that's one of those other things without you know giving too much away. Um, you know, there's there's the identifying and making sure it's correct, but there's also even when you're doing alerts and or um execution to like kick somebody out of something, there are also things you can do on that side of it where it is um it's not binary, yes or no. Like there, you know, there are checks you can do before you set the alert and all that can be happening in um in real time or as a machine learning person would say in near real time <laughs> which you mean like we you know check check mm -hmm, check check mm -hmm. check now send the alert but it is yeah it's within seconds and not within like um which a lot of times is how a breach is discovered which is a scary thing about the new sec rule because people will know there's a breach but it takes time to figure out what is actually what's actually right. happened so people are going to have to alert about um, about breaches where they're not going to actually know all the facts yet. Recently, the world learned the power of artificial intelligence, a technology cybersecurity leaders have been leveraging for years. Now, as AI expands and evolves, those same security leaders are left wondering where humans fit into the next generation of AI-empowered security tools and solutions. Arctic Wolf, the industry leader in managed security operations, seeks to answer this question in their newly published report, The Human-AI Partnership access the insights of over 800 cybersecurity decision makers in North America and the United Kingdom to better understand how organizations are weighing the benefits and risks of deploying AI tools, uncover the biggest obstacles to turning AI and human engineers into a formidable team, discover why the near-term benefits of large language models are being upended by a crucial flaw in the technology, and learn what the rise of AI tools mean for human practitioners moving forward. Get your copy today at arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. That's arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. Want a better way to simplify your business finances across expenses, vendor payments, and accounting? If so, Ramp could be a complete game changer. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spend. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Ramp's accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so you don't have to. You'll never have to chase down a receipt again and your employees will no longer spend hours submitting expense reports. The time you'll save each month on employee expenses will allow you to close your books eight times faster. Ramp's also saves you money. Businesses that use Ramp save an average of 5% the first year. Ramp is easy to use. Get started, issue virtual and physical cards, and start making payments in less than 15 minutes, whether you have five employees or 5,000. And now, get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash techmeme. Ramp.com slash techmeme. R-A-M-P dot com slash techmeme. 
Right. And, and so uh, this, this gets into, this is why listeners of the show would know that I, I jumped at the chance to invest. Like all of these stories, and let's talk about the MGM hack specifically in a second, but all of these stories that I do where it's like, um, well, the, the hackers were in the system for a month or something like that before it was discovered. Like this is a mitigation of that possibility, but also it is, um, it's, it's, it's essentially a way to stop it in its tracks before anything can be done. Because, you know, even if it's an hour, there's a lot of people, you know, hackers can leave things that it would take you a while to find or whatever. So time is, is of the essence here. And this is a way to cut that time to as little as possible. Yeah. Yes, most definitely. Um, in fact, I know that you had mentioned MGM. I actually could give you a really quick example that, I don't know the, the name of the company because Sophos Labs did a um, description of a hack that I think is really good. And that way takes us out of the mindset of, of beating up on MGM for a moment. Well, uh, let, yeah. uh, just so that the listeners can remember, because it was a while, um, MGM, the, the, the casino company, you know, like uh, MGM Resorts and the Bellagio and all this stuff. Um, I believe there was a story, I didn't even do it today, this is October 6th, that um, MGM, a source says, refused to pay the hackers ransom, and it's going to end up costing them $100 million. So we're not beating up on MGM. Yeah, no, no. We're using this, this, we're using this as an example of, <laughs> yeah. hey, let's yeah. say, MGM, let's save you $100 million next right, time. Right, yeah. right. Um, but oh, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, no. And, and yeah, it's funny because you said that, you know, a while ago, and I am... Um, I've become a breach groupie. So in my mind, it's <laughs> somebody complimented me because I'd written something about MGM. And I was, and I said, Oh, if, if you were impressed with that, you should read our Slack messages. Um, <laughs> so um, the, the reason why I wanted to go back to the Sophos Labs one is only because the, um, I don't want to talk with um, certainty about how the MGM one happened. Mm, I can mm -hmm. say how it seems to have happened. Sophos Labs did a description that was, um, you said within an hour, you know, if you knew within an hour and it was, and it happened under three hours and it was, they had come in through a team view account. So they looked like they were in the same geo. It was a, um, an admin team view account. So they looked like they were in the same geo. They were doing it at midnight, the time of the person whose account it was. And so, you know, time, the person could have been using it. And because of, because it was an admin account, what they were touching looked to be things that person would have touched. So you would have, if you were only going like, oh, that credential, yeah, that makes sense for that credential. Whereas, yeah, that's something that they would have never got to the point of being able to do a script because we would have caught that so quickly. That You, uh, in, a, in a piece that you wrote recently, you said that um, one of the, you, there's three facts about the, the state of play right now is that number one, no approach alone is impenetrable. Number two, uh, MFA's history it's long. So there's tons of known weaknesses that are exploitable there. And number three, the status quo of security usage it hasn't been working for how many, how many stories have I done where uh, every single time it is, well, there was uh, social engineering and that's how they got in. So we, we know that there's this huge gaping vector that we can't really seal off because people are people. And so Momoto, as you said, is treating these as people, people as people, as opposed to a device key, essentially. Yeah, mo most definitely. And and I think that the other part of that is also, I mean, the MGM thing ultimately is also a supply chain issue. 
And so, you know, you have both the, you know, you have the the issue overall, but then you have the, you know, even if you've locked down everything, even even if your you know, your pools from GitHub, they're they're brilliant. You know, like you have you have and you know, you have Sneak, you have Socket, you have whatever you're using that you're feeling confident about. If you're but you will be using something else. And so, you know, it is, you know, and so that is the reason why you need to know whose fingers are on keyboards. So verifying people, not devices, is the key since that's the the, the vector, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, and and I actually it is that, but it also is it's not in the it's not as they're coming in. It really is that ongoing, like what is happening now? And that's the problem. Uh, I I think that a lot of times people think of their security posture and they think of it as we have a fortress and you know we have these walls and you know there's a there's a drawbridge and everyone come in this way and the reality is it's not a fortress it's a chain link fence there are things are getting in different ways as well as there are people internally doing things sometimes internally on purpose sometimes not on purpose but there are things that are happening internally that you don't know what's happening and that's not beating up on the people internally. That's just what it is. And as well as like what's getting in through all the, through the chain link fence. So let me ask you a practical question. Um, <clears throat> let's say I, I'm at an enterprise and I'm listening to this right now and boy, that sounds good. I'd like to trial that. Um, what's, what's the, what's the difficulty of implementing? Like, do you have to uh, well, we need six months to get a profile of all of your employees to to create a profile for them. Tell me, tell me the ease with which I can demo this and create profiles and and see it in action. Um, thanks, and I, you know it's so good because I realized that I just shook my head, which does not compute at all audio wise. Um, it um, so we take uh, between four and six minutes to create a baseline, uh, a baseline profile, and then. The ML is continually updating it over and learning it over time. So it is um, for, in fact, we we just had somebody who had um, run his own implementation of it. Uh, a CIO uh, said that he wanted to, he wanted to do the first like group of implementation because he wanted to see how it worked. And he sent me sent me a message back that said ten minutes. And I was like ten minutes. He's like. 10 minutes, your implementation, 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. 10 minutes. Got it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it is the way that you would normally, again, the benefit of, of the people I work with that it's, it's built by people who have been, you know, Doug was the person who always was doing installs. So it's built by people who know how to do installs, you know, it's those, um, but yeah, so it's easy to implement. And then, you know, that baseline is, um, easy to see. Uh, again, at, for folks listening, if that sounds good, Momoto.ai <laughs> to, to try it out. Um, let's, let's back up a bit and ask about, you know, you said that this team, this is not your first rodeo. Um, for this uh, company and this idea in particular, um, what have been the challenges? I, I saw something recently that for the entire security industry, um, there seems to be a pullback in spend that's maybe sort of a secular change or whatever. Um, obviously, uh, you guys have launched a startup in a time when there was pullback on startup funding. F for this idea right now, to whatever degree you want to go high level or, or in the weeds, um, 
what have what have been the 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 struggles for this uh idea that you didn't anticipate when you started a couple of years ago um yeah I, i'll give you two different versions of it mm. on the business side um and the funding side um we thought it was a no-brainer <laughs> like we solve a problem we thought it was a no-brainer um so i think there's that um what we didn't anticipate what i personally didn't anticipate was um uh and it's it, it was the pattern matching it was the oh the word identity is in there momoto means identity in japanese oh it's identity. oh it and it is the um the idea that it was the front door and so that that education part um and so that was um, you're, you're saying that the education in terms of going to market and trying to sell to to clients no okay that was on the investor side because ah, on the, oh, the okay. client side see this is two different things on the client side it was oh yeah we need now now there's a learning on that side too so the learning on so that was on the like actual business side which is why i was saying like like i just mm -hmm. thought it was mm -hmm. obvious mm -hmm. um and so early on we were having people say like I don't know if there's a market and like i would get and think i don't know if there's a market in the same day i'd have somebody say like we want to we want to expand your usage so like you know it was that disconnect um but what we learned was was also that we don't necessarily sell into the CISO side we sell mm. in the cio cto side it side where there's some CISOs also in our mix but even those are like sometimes it's like a cio slash CISO because it's the people who are responsible for the visibility internally. I mean, ultimately what we're doing is um, is looking at a, a um, anomaly, behavioral anomaly detection internal uh, for the internal usage. And so that is, you know, behavior, whether it's how you type or behavior, where are you something where you, you haven't, you shouldn't be, um, that is what we ultimately are doing. And so it's not the people setting up the rules, it's people who are responsible. And so that actually has made it a faster sale. Um, on the product side, the lesson learned and, and product and go to market was that I gave you where we started with Doug. What we thought we would be doing, frankly, was was breach detection in real time. Like that's what we thought we were selling. Um, and Doug talked to, you know, a hundred plus people before we built. Like all those things that you're supposed to do. In fact, lesson learned like you click off everything you're supposed to do and you still like there's still things that fall through um and everything seemed to be like yeah that that would be great that'd be great um it's a crowded market and everyone says the same thing and so that um but what we did was we sold in after we built that you know there's some things we lessons learned some things that we actually did well and part of it was we'd sold into initial prototypes and we then watched what they were doing and where they were getting value and so one of them was somebody bought because they thought they had a potential breach and within three or four days the cto reached out to me and said turns out it's not a breach it's people internal doing stupid things he had no idea they were using root access he had no and not only did he have no idea they were using root access um what he had been seeing was things being deleted and moved that shouldn't be he knew specifically who it was. And but see, that seems it. that seems as valuable to me. Oh no, no more. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no. It was it was just the it's a the technology didn't change, but where we were 
the value we're talking about, it actually was really fast value. And so from that, they started referring customers of there that they were certain were sharing credentials, not sharing their credentials, but like internally with other things. Um, and then the other prototype, they um, they were very concerned with the uh, with their their code as they, as they would be. They're very concerned with their code, and so they quickly went from the prototype to expanding throughout their organization, and because they were concerned about the supply chain. And so in both cases, it was very internal focused in what their the use case was, and it was a gap that was in internally that we hadn't been looking at, that once people started using, they're like, oh, I have this problem here. And, you know, I mean, the funny thing about the 100 people we spoke with is that there was a CISO in that, now it was only one of 100, who said, oh, this is really good, but I'd also use it this way. And he pointed exactly to what we're doing. Mm. So, you know, if you go like, oh, you know, those initial interviews, right. <laughs> so something there. Again, I, and I was guilty of this in, in describing it, like, <clears throat> the, the the sort of oh well this is anomaly detection this is in the security space but really what we're talking about is this is a different kind of observability um that that is is unique to what y'all are doing it is um it it is definitely I, I don't think what you said was wrong I think it's just it is the um the anomaly detection part and the observability the observability part is that um it's interesting that when our customers ask to be ask for integrations, um, nobody's asking about our Okta integration. They're asking, do we have, they're happy that we have a Splunk integration. They're asking if we can integrate with other SIMs. And so that, you know, we're, we're doing that as opposed to, and and the Okta integration is, is helpful for us because it is another data point for us. Um, but it's interesting where, that's why I was saying like that disconnect, um, the customers get it really well, and um, but it was the lesson learned was where we thought we were going to be selling into and what we thought we'd be selling um, is not what it is. I guess that I guess my outtake of that is like there's that, but at the same time, the technology we pivoted, but we didn't pivot technology wise. You know, the core of what we were doing was that same good core, but um, but really listening to. And doing experiments, that's what we do from my past, is like you do experiments and you figure out whether you're right or wrong. Right. Well, you know, in the in the range of pivots from, well, we pivoted because no one wants this product, <laughs> to we've pivoted because people love this product. It's just that they're using it for something, not that right. we didn't expect them to use, but they're finding they're finding value, just not necessarily the level of value or the value that you thought starting out, but there's still value there. So it's like pivot to where there's value. Right. Well, it is that. And it also is where they were seeing immediate value. I mean, that was a thing where we had a conversation, we had many a conversation before we, before we launched anything of the challenge of running a POC where somebody was going to like, you never hope somebody's going to try to get free, you know, so, you know, so like, how do you prove your value if that's where you're, you know, like people are concerned about breaching. And so, um, finding that people were, that there was a gap in what the, uh, what was being seen internally and a gap. And sometimes it was an actual gap. Sometimes it was a gap because, well, you know, the credentials in there, but do you know, that's that person. And so, you know, there's, 
those those pieces as well that was again like within days of getting contacts which is pretty darn cool when you go through airport security there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag the same thing happens in enterprise security but instead of passengers and luggage it's end users and their devices these days most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all in fact 47% of companies allow unmanaged untrusted devices to access their data that means an employee can log in from a laptop that's had its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in 6 months or worse that laptop might belong to a bad actor using Using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride. We're being sponsored today by a company on a product that longtime listeners know I have used for years and cannot literally cannot live or at least work without it. 1Password. 1Password combines industry-leading security with award-winning design to bring private, secure, and user-friendly password management to everyone. Companies lose hours every day just from employees forgetting and resetting passwords. A single data breach costs millions of dollars. 1Password secures every sign-in to save you time and money, any device, any time. 1Password lets you securely switch between iPhone, Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. 1Password generates as many strong, unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to. I started using 1Password, what, a decade ago? Join me and over 100,000 businesses on board the 1Password bandwagon. Because right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash ride. That's two free weeks at the number one, the word password, all one word, dot com slash ride. Onepassword.com slash ride. I agree. I don't know what it says about me that uh, if you're saying the other VCs didn't see that right away, all you had to do was the it, correct... It, uh, it's people, not devices, that we're that we're worried about here. That that was obvious to me. So, um. well, I, well, I, I I'm I'm not going to comment on any of that. I'm going to say that that was an early problem. Yeah. Um, we yeah. have less of that issue now. Yes. You know, it's it's hard to have that. You know, it's hard to have that issue, and I, I would assume, and then look at MGM. But that actually leads to one of my biggest issues with the. You know, you mentioned the the piece I wrote. Um, there's a line I have in that piece that um, I tend to be kind of ornery and then I dial it back for what I actually will publish. There's a line in there, uh, I think something to the effect of, you know, if you're wringing your hands about, oh, this is so terrible, and then you're not doing anything, you are you are the problem. Mm. I will tell you the piece actually started with, with that being it, and then I dialed it back because I, um, you know, it is a, a massive frustration for me whether it's us or not, like, like people need to be able to address things and actually, uh, again, whether, whether it's us or not, we need to be addressing security in a different way because it will only get worse. 
People forget that the other side, the bad actors are also in business. They are also innovating. You know, the reason why different versions of breaches happen is in part because it's where they can make the most money. You know, it's just like running a business because it is running a business. Well, again, if this makes sense to you instantly, like it made sense to me instantly, and obviously to Chris, uh, again, Momoto.ai, or uh, email me, Brian at uh, techmeme.com or Brian at ridehomefund.com. I'll put you in touch with Chris. Um, If people are excited about this, uh, how else can they get involved with Momoto right now? Ah, so if they are, um, well, we are, we are, we have a, a round that we will be closing soon. Um, but beyond that, um, if you're business listeners, um, what we are starting to do more of is um, talk to partners. Specifically, um, we have one OEM partner, and um, that has that's we see our future as being both what we're doing as well as that that ability to have humans uh, and have that you know i believe the world is moving towards that things will be either human influenced or human driven and so that ability to have security products in particular but enterprise products where it is you know depending on who the person is what you know it interacts differently you know amazingly going back to the thing five years ago that i had but um that that is something that i'm very open to and um we'll have to meter not do us not doing too much of it but finding partners in that area is um really exciting for us so anybody that is thinking oh that would be a potential partnership including oems um finally though just to mention the round is still open so um if people were interested in getting involved that way there's there's still space there is space um they would need to move quickly but there is space got it um well chris uh again momoto momoto momoto.ai um proud investor hashtag proud investor you know how that goes um and uh Thanks for coming on and sharing that with us and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Uh, There's going to be plenty more exciting news from Momoto. Great. Thank you so much for the time. 